0: Hello everyone. Welcome to the new episode of The Sunny Point Podcast and this episode will focus on Elon Musk and Tesla and what's going on with that. Um, so if you're aware in 7th of August about 12 days before uh, Elon Musk tweeted about taking the Tesla company private and that was a surprise for Wall Street for investors for shorts for everyone. That uncovered the whole mystery in the episode of Is it really possible did Musk have enough funding secured was he should have? said that? Was he in the position that he could have said that? Is actually possible to Tesla to go private with the funding it needs? Or should it go private in the first place? And with all that going on, um, last week, now Tesla has taken about a 15% hit from where the stock was trading. In an interview, Musk mentioned last week that this has been the most painful year of his career. And it, everything that is going on with the short-termism in the way people look at Tesla and around this controversy has taken a very excruciating personal toll on his own personal life so this episode discusses a brief timeline of what has happened in the last two weeks on my take on whether the tweet has should have been on the letter on the possibility of the takeover to go through and lastly my take on whether tesla should go private so welcome to the episode So let's start with the first tweet that Elon Musk tweeted on this topic on August the 7th afternoon, which changed the whole timeline of what's going on with Tesla right now and the reason of this episode. I'm reading the tweet out loud now. It says, am considering taking Tesla private at $420, funding secured, end quote. Now this simple tweet, especially the last two words, funding secured is the reason behind all the hoopla going on now many people I mean it's not very uncommon as you would know for everything at Tesla and about Tesla to be bipolar in terms of public opinion even in terms of ownership in terms of people going long and people going short and people being a big fanboys of Musk and Tesla and people who just want to deride him for possibly personal reasons or financial reasons or no reasons at all, which I cannot understand. Um, So when we're talking about this tweet, now the other side which does not believe in uh, Musk or are short Tesla, they took this as a really serious fraud they said that Musk is putting something out there which says that he's ready to buy the company and the funding is secured and gives a specific price of $420 and he had no readiness to do so. Basically, he had no funding secured which is saying that he was lying. He was lying to manipulate the price. Now, if he was actually lying and if he was actually doing it for the specific purpose of manipulating the price of the stock then to be fair that is um illegal right so sec has now issued a subpoena to now to the tesla board and to find out more about what's going on and did he actually have anything going on um now to be fair uh, if they actually had funding secured they would have tweeted out something Right across or in the letters that have followed or in the interviews that have followed, they would have talked about having something secured. So definitely seems like they did not have it secured, at least on paper, although must just believe that he had kind of verbal agreements or understanding uh, when he said in his letter that basically he had no question about it. So SEC has issued a subpoena and it would um, look into it. I believe that while they are right to look into it i don't think it's a big deal unless specifically they can prove that musk did this in order to manipulate the price in the short term and for example if they do find some conversation or text or email exchanges where musk is like i'm gonna burn the shorts today look at what i'm doing and then he issues out um like this tweet. So that would be actually trying to manipulate the price without having enough um backup to actually do it. As in to take Tesla private. So that is their take. What is my take is that Elon just at times likes to pick up on people and on Twitter, I mean his tweets are not always super serious. Many times they are, many times they're picking on people, right? I don't think um I don't think Musk is always serious on Twitter. Many times he's joking, many times he's having fun, many times he's picking on someone, and many times actually he's trolling people. So, And as we know, shorts are obviously not his favorite people, and he has been fighting them for a long time. Um, I mean, I can get it if you start such a company which has such a mission, which which you believe in would change the world uh, of course you'd be crazy mad at people who are shorting it for no reason at all and you will have a stiff against them but musk is known to have specifically like taken it very personally and as i said again uh, i have never started a company that big with such a big vision when i started uh, if i start one of course i would have um I would take it personally, too, and it's natural to see that. But if you look at his past tweets, um, some of his tweets, for example, May the 4th, he tweeted out uh, on the shorts that, oh, and this would be the short burn of the century. It is coming soon. And then he said on the same day, the sheer magnitude of shor- short carnage will be unreal. If you short as it is to you, tiptoeing quietly to the exit. June 17, he tweeted... They, as in shorts have about three weeks before the short position explodes. So he's been picking on them for long, and I personally believe that his Twitter should not be always taken pretty seriously. And if you know the short selling and how investing works, how stock price works, you would know that the worst nightmare. The worst nightmare of their of shorting any company is if, what if the company gets bought out, as in the company might not be doing well, but somebody else is able to pay a price higher than that. You're basically, you're basically, your position is basically screwed as a short seller. So I feel this tweet um, might have been just another one of those, maybe, I mean, it could be that he actually had a very strong positioning for that backup of funding. But, I think, if there was one, we would have seen it by now. I see it more as a he always likes to like pick on people or troll on people or like have fun on Twitter. It's not always serious for him and b he's been um pretty much taking it personally with terms of shorts, so putting them those together, I think um. He may have not taken it super seriously. Um, In an interview, he said that he tweeted that actually while driving from the airport or to the airport. But that tells me he did not take it super seriously. Um, I mean, he's just being himself. But, 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 because of the short community, because of the whole community that is prepared to take Musk on his action, I think he got caught. I think what I mean by getting caught is like, I think he could have not... Made that as a joke, and people were like, No, this is too serious to be a joke. And obviously, he can't go back and say that, Oh, I was just saying it a joke. Now we got to back it up, right? So, I think uh, nobody knows actually, but another theory is that maybe he never meant to like take it private right now, or he was just considering, but. Now that that tweet was out, and now that they can't say it was just a joke, now they have to cover their actions and make it sound like they're actually doing it. Um, so, for example, the same day the public release that their uh, investor relation department did was nothing other than the Elon Musk emails put out. So. Clearly, Invest relation had nothing to say. The board had nothing to say. The board is now caught in action where they're asking Elon not to tweet about it, and they are, as reports say, they all have personal lawyers to guide them up and protect the, their own thing, right? So now, who knows if the whole thing was ever supposed to happen, and now they're trying their best to put up a face where they were ready to do it, and they're serious about it now. Or maybe... They were serious about it, and it was just the sake of uh, whether the funding was secured or not, and he said it was secured. So that is the whole many opinions on the story and both sides and what I think was happening. But conclusion, I would say, is this tweet was definitely premature. at least in the funding secured part. Other than that, other than that, it was totally okay, right? I'm considering anybody can consider anything, and they can put it out. It did not declare anything. The language was perfect till funding secured. Um, so it was definitely premature those two words. But again, and and that led to the whole thing. If if basically he said it was funding almost secured. I'm sure we're not even talking about this, and the stock would have been like near 400s. So that's my conclusion. It was a little bit premature and wouldn't have been an issue at all if we just said funding almost secured. But now that he said it, um, everybody's trying to cover for it. But at the same time, if you want to look at the other side, um, maybe Elon Musk actually had the responsibility to come out and say it. And Twitter is as public a forum as he wants to be. He's being democratic in terms of reaching out every investor at the same time and not disclosing it to select investors. So Twitter is actually a good platform for that. And FCC has favored Twitter as a platform for dissemination in the past. And actually, if you release like 10K or 8K or not 10K, but if you release um, like on your company blog, uh, maybe not enough people catch it up. But if you tweet, that has a much wider audience. So on the whole it was a little bit premature it would just have it, it just would be good if it had almost as a word in it but i don't think he took it that seriously and maybe if he did he thought that it was a very responsible thing to do so that was all about the tweet <laughs> i know a little bit longer than i would have um, thought about it but all the opinions and theories are really interesting and worth the thought now in the next section let's talk about the letter that he issued um later in the week, and the New York Times interview. So in this segment, let's talk about the letter that Elon Musk published on the Tesla website and the New York Times post. So as soon as the, um, as soon as Elon Musk published that tweet on august the 7th the whole segments of the media including the short community erupted and like where is the proof was the funding really secured how can you say that and from the board from elon musk himself there was no specific word on this question and on august the 13th elon musk put out a letter on tesla's website talking about um the process what's going on and an update the question is what took it so long Maybe, as I said, I think that the process, uh, the whole thing got more serious than they thought it would be. And now they started backing up like legally, got some legal advice and thought what was the best way to put towards it. And then he put towards that letter on August the 13th. Three things that I think are key takeaways from this letter is, first of all, he's speaking for himself. So the whole letter is himself considering as an investor to take Tesla private and Distancing himself uh, as a CEO and the founder of the company and distancing the whole board and the management and letting Everybody know that this is me personally. I am considering as he said in the tweet to take Tesla private and this is all about My own thoughts about taking Tesla private and not the companies necessarily second takeaway was he mentions the whole timeline to uh, make a legal backup sort of uh, his way of tweeting, his way of blogging, usually is not that way. I haven't seen him mentioning timeline of events, but I think um, this was legal advice that he might have got to make it sound like this was not out of a burst kind of a prank or email or a tweet that came out of nowhere. Um, so he mentions about the meetings with the Saudi funds in the July and in the August, too. He notified the board, and he makes it sound like, you know, there was a timeline of sort of events that is happening that led to the point where he felt like he should have said something to the public, and that's why he tweeted. So this serves as a sort of a legal back backup. Um, the third thing is a verbal understanding, which he mentions, kind of, with the Saudi, the Saudi sovereign fund, so uh, that he met with the with the managing director of the fund before and after in july and after the tweet as well and he basically walked out of the meeting with no question in his mind that the funding would not go through and they had enough cash now again just because they have enough cash to me doesn't say that they have the funding secured what they invested in tesla what is an equity investment it was not taking best as a private investment it was equity investment they never said yet at least publicly, that they want to do it. They can do it. doesn't mean they want to do it. So on a whole, this letter to me appears like um, Musk didn't think it would be that serious, the tweet thing, and then he got some legal advice on to take it slow, uh, make sure everything's all right, and give everything the proof he had. So I believe him that they had those meetings. I believe that... um Because of the Saudi's interest in like two years prior, I heard Saudi wanted to take uh, some stake and institutional stake and Musk said they didn't need funding and stuff. So I'm sure that all happened and... I'm sure Saudi has enough funds right now, sitting about $250 billion in their PAF to make these investments. And I'm sure they're aligned with making more sustainable, like um, renewable energy kind of bets. And Tesla is the company to do so. But at the same time, this letter does not actually provide any backup for funding. So this basically like admitting we did not have funding and this is all we had. Um, So that's, that's where the letter stands. He's distancing the board, distancing the company, um, giving as much legal backup as he can about the timeline to make it feel that he felt that way. But then at least on paper, they did not have anything secure, this kind of proof said. So that was about the letter. Then about a couple days back, very surprising, he had this interview with the New York Times. And this was a very, very personal interview and a very personal account of him how this is taking toll on him, including the short-term target of 5,000 cars a week, which was set in June for Model 3's and um if you've been listening to the earnings call last two three earnings call is pretty evident it is tenure is in his tone in his uh, voice and his. actually he says it himself that he's been sleeping on the factory floor he's been working 110 120 hours a week it's taking very um, personal toll on his health and his life and um, so this article goes into saying that the past year has been the most difficult and painful for him for of his career it's been excruciating he mentions how he can't sleep without Ambien and um, he mentions how it's basically the choice between taking Ambien or having no sleep at all. And um, while we were talking about tweet, right, he, he also said that he was tw- he was striving while tweeting that tweet. So one way to look at this whole thing could be that, again, following the letter, this has been a continued advice by the legal team to maybe be and decide which is more human, which is more... A person who's working towards a better goal, a bigger goal, and he's sacrificing a lot of his personal life, and he's not always like super focused when he's tweeting, for example, like he he's working way too hard at work, and it's not his normal way to function where he provides every details. I think this could be one way to look at it that could have been the reason why he called for that interview. Other side could have just been that he's always been open. He's always been open whenever he thought he had funding or about had that funding. He went out and said that to every investor. He did not do any favoritism in terms of who to talk to. Um, And in the same way, he's feeling very pained. He's feeling, feeling very hurt and he's feeling that he's still doing the job and very, very ungrateful because as he ended the interview with, if you have anybody else who can do a better job, please let me know. They can have the reins right now. I think he, it, he's just being open about what mm-hmm. is going on in his life. But he's not, I mean, looking back, it's not always been his style of that letter writing. For example, it's not been his style of being this personal uh, in his interview. So I feel also at time that this is all uh, coming out of the situation and not entirely welcome in terms of as we saw the stock price dropped again after this interview because now the people are investors are afraid of hey what if we if the board actually says that hey musk you need should take some rest or you you should have work less like anything the whole tesla brown is about brand is about musk right so this whole interview points towards that he maybe cannot sustain this amount of work for a long time in that capacity which points to the investors that maybe he will take slight roll back or he's told to do so, in which case it will hurt the Tesla brand more. So it is all going down downhill in terms of covering up that tweet, but I hope um, at the same time I make one other point clear, which I'm gonna talk about now. I've been listening to the interviews on the on the opinion pieces about. Oh, how, like, for example, General Motors' ex-CEO coming, like, hey, he doesn't know how to run a company. He's not a CEO I would hire. He's not, he doesn't know how to run giant corporations. This is not the way a thing is done. This is not how you work with Twitter. This, you don't want a CEO who tweets all the time. He should just stop Twitter. He should quit Twitter and all of those things. All of those people, I want to respectfully tell you this thing. I actually believe that you haven't or will never, I mean... Let's not take the will ever part. That's pretty rude. But you haven't, with all full respect, achieved what Elon Musk has achieved till now and what he envisions to achieve if you let him function the right way. There are shortcomings. For example, I agree that the funding secured should not have been used, and this is leading to more short-termism at Tesla, the more public attention at Tesla. But at the same time, greats come with their quirks and their little shortcomings, and they all come as a package. <clears throat> excuse me and at times you've got to be them be themselves you've got to advise them you got to you got to be, make it clear what is not expected as a board that's board's job they should do it but telling him how to function how to work with Twitter I don't think that is not crossing a line that is definitely crossing a line if you don't if you see someone falling don't take them down because of little things you don't agree with them just Let them be, maybe point out the mistake and maybe tell them to do that. But you can't take the greatness of Musk down. Whatever he does, including his tweets, including his way of style of doing things, everything is what made Musk Musk. And I'm just saying that there's a lot of not only short community, but a lot of people who philosophically don't want to see the world he's creating and are going against them for the sake of it. Um, I really believe that he will trounce all of them in the long run. He would make them feel like they shouldn't have said this. But um, as I said, again, I'll conclude the segment with the letter and the New York Times post, I believe, is going downhill because of covering up that tweet. And it's not healthy for Tesla. But at the same time, I would not say that anything that musk is doing is something that he has never done or he's never mature a do it or whatever he is pretty mature than most of the people talking about him including um all the big giants out there in the media and i feel you should let him be and maybe you could say that that tweet was not the right thing to do or premature but other than that you got to let him roll you're going to let him roll In the last segment after this one, we'll talk about can the deal actually go through? Can the privatization deal actually go through? And my thoughts on whether Tesla should go private at all at the first place. So let's start with, will it go through? Is it possible for the transaction to go through? Was it a far, far, far shot that's not possible now? As you know, LBOs, leveraged buyouts, which Musk has said will not happen in this case, usually what I'm saying is LBOs are the way to do it. And when a company goes private, usually they have a large cash flows. They don't, The management basically thinks that the company is not being fairly valued by the public markets, and they want to take it private, possibly the management itself, or the private equity firm wants to take it private, and again, probably sell it some years back into the market again. And... Usually in all those cases, it is a cash flow generating machine where a lot of cash is generated to put in the into the business in a different ways. They're sure that the company is growing pretty fast, and then they oh sorry, they're sure that the company is not growing as fast as to the point that they would need more capital, and they're just running a cash flow business, uh, generating business which they can use to reinvigorate the company and redesign it in terms that short-term investors may not understand and sell the company again into the public market. So that's the usual thing. In this case, it's very different in terms of um, with all the greatness that Tesla has achieved so far, it's not a money-making machine, not yet at least. And that would make it difficult for any bank to offer that kind of loans, The, the amount of loans we're looking at, which is with enterprise value, we will be looking at about 80, $82 billion valuation for Tesla, and that would be a huge leveraged buyout if that is the way to go. But as Elon has made it pretty clear, he's looking at a different way. As his an innovative, he's looking at different ways to do it. And he feels that he could work out a way with f- fidelity that um, to create a fund where the existing investors can stay, and he believes, as he said in his letter, that two-thirds of the investors will stay. Now, this is contentious on many topics, on levels, including will the Tesla investors want to stay in a private company, and are they even legally allowed to do so as per the structure of fund holdings, but let's look at this. Let's look at this from the Musk's perspective. So, he's the 20% owner, right? 20, 22% last I saw, Um, and given that Saudis are interested they have been invested uh, sorry interested in investing in Tesla let's say they are investing as much as they can but let's say Musk wants them not to be over 20% as in not to be higher um, ownership than Musk himself so let's say 20% um, Saudi come in so the new the new structure would look something like this 20% owned by Musk himself 20% owned by Saudis and um, if Musk says that two thirds of the remaining investors will stay, let's say even half of them stay, we're just looking at basically funding the rest of 30% of the company, which is about 20, 25 billion dollars. Now that is not a big deal. So it can definitely happen. It gets, I know the media is making it sound like, oh, this is not possible at all, with how Montesla doesn't make money, it can't have a buyout. But I think there's a way, I think there's a way and it's not very really impossible, impractical, you know, like, um... There are many investors, including retail investors, who believe in Musk so much that they actually want a way to invest in him. And even in investing in Tesla as a private company, that will be their way of keeping with Musk's vision and feeling invested in it. So they might. what I'm trying to say is many retail investors might actually hold their positions. I mean, personally, um, I may not because I don't really like private investments that much. I'm a very public investor guy. I like all the information to be public. I like the study to study all the things that I can get and I like to have the markets value it in real time and have the liquidity to be able to sell that I want. But that's all me. But what I'm saying is many retail investors and many institutional investors believe in him so much that I actually want to. It is believable that maybe half of them may retain their stock into the private company. So 20% Musk, 20% Saudis and if the half of the investors stay right now, we're uh, we're not looking at much more than twenty-five billion dollars, which is entirely possible. And there is another wild card, as um, you know, Tesla supported the takeover of Solar City, which was again a Tusk. Uh, sorry, I don't know. I keep saying Tusk, uh, a Musk company. And in a similar way, there is a, another wild card which says that SpaceX can be involved in taking over Tesla private. So SpaceX, as you know, had about $30 billion plus market valuation, private valuation, and is actually in a much better shape of like long-term vision and executing on it. And um, they actually have contracts that are generating uh, revenues, and they can support a higher valuation than they are now. And they can claim a stake in um, an investment, a crossholder, cross-ownership kind of. So all in all, I believe that this can definitely go through, and it's possible to go through. And it's just a matter of what work. Um, if, if actually the Tesla board and um, the Tesla management and Elon Musk actually want to do it, they can actually do it. The time frame will take long, especially with the new investigations, but they want to, they can do it. That's my feeling. And let me take the next question in a separate segment, which will be the last segment, whether I think the Tesla should go private at all. So see you in the last episode, segment. So to me, this is the most important question. The Musk tweets... The inquiry, the SEC inquiry, um, whether it can go private on their interviews and leaders and letters, they're all short-term. As in, in terms of there would be a lot of hoopla, there would be a lot of shorts going after it, but in the long term, I feel that if they want to take it private, they can take it private. The inquiries will end, and some fines would be imposed, maybe. But some things they might find, and it could go into something bigger than we thought. At we think at this time, but, or it might not. But On the whole, the bigger question, the longer term question is, should Tesla go private? That's the biggest question in my mind. My clear answer before I start to tell you the reasoning is no. I personally believe Tesla should not go private. Now, let me back that up a little bit. Let me tell you what I've always felt. I've always felt that the vision and the mission of Tesla is so magnanimous, is so huge that it should never be, it should have never been treated the way it has been treated in the recent times in the stock market. For example, they kept fighting about the Model 3 protection, about like five thousand a week, six thousand a week, seven thousand a week. Um, how much would it be? And some time back, it was about another model. But it's always been the same. It's always been, can Tesla manage this much or that much or exact number of production numbers, and that is such a short way, short-term way, short way to look at where um, Tesla is headed as, headed as a company. So there might be always different models, different products, different manufacturing targets to meet. There might always be uh, a little um, setbacks in scaling and growing, but... If you look at Tesla's mission, for example, its Tesla's mission is to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. It's a very open-ended but a very long-range vision and mission. So, looking at these numbers, like 4,963 versus 5,172 units and for Model 3 production a week, and that might turn ch- the stock 10% here year or there, and... Everything that goes within to it, the more passionate we become about the short term, the longs become more passionate, the shorts become more passionate, there are more attacks, there are a whole lot of community that prevents or wants to prevent a certain milestone to be hit. And then we create incentives of the company not meeting or meeting their short-term milestones and sacrificing the long-term vision. And you get the point. The whole thing with terms of the mission that Tesla has is wrong. I totally agree and I've always agreed and said so that this is not the way Tesla should be treated, or this is not the way Tesla should be valued. So, in that sense, you would say, definitely, with the mission it's trying to meet and the timeline of the vision it has, it definitely makes sense for Tesla to be private rather than in the public markets, right? But I would go against that a little bit. While I do not agree with how Tesla has been valued or has been... Um, debated in the market, I feel a lot of it has to do with the management. In terms of, it's always the management that sets the tone. If the management doesn't set the target of 5,000 cars a week by June, for example, there's no one tracking it. There are a lot of companies which don't give guidance at all. There are a lot of companies which just say, we will do the best we can. These are the trends. This is how the quarter is looking so far. This is what we're doing to get it that far, and we will see how it goes. So it's the same way how the, the government and um, many companies want to abolish quarterly reporting in the favor of six-month reporting and saying that we shouldn't report every three months because it's short-termism. No, it's not. No, it's not the numbers are actually giving you the data of how the companies are doing, every quarterly report should happen and would give small retail investors like us who don't have an edge more data about how the company and the industry is doing. If after looking at that, the investor takes a short-term opinion of the stock or sells his holdings, that's short-termism on the investor. You can't change his mind or how his approach is uh, structured in a certain way, or you can't make every person mature, for example, by giving him long range data. There should be more data available, and it's on the person to take it or not. But coming back to Tesla, I also feel that if the management set a tone, where this is a long-range plan we're looking at. We will not give you the exact numbers on how much it would be. We will give you how much it is, how much production is, where we're going, but we would not tell you exactly how much we're planning to be when. And it's okay if we don't want to grow at 50% each each year. It's okay if we take like 35% or 40% growth every year, and we will meet the the long-range targets or KPIs to make sure that we're a better company in the long run. So, they can totally do it. That's my first reason of why. Usually, I believed Tesla uh, is a kind of company that could be better as private, but I believe that it could be equally public and do all of those things. And we shouldn't entirely blame the street on watching the short term numbers and being short termism. It's about how management guides it. Look at the golden example of Jeff Bezos at Amazon, right? They have been doing this for about 20 plus years. They About 20 years, right? Now, they have been, for example, not making money until very recently, and they've been okay with it. It's not the short... If if investors on a whole, if the investing community on a whole was short-termist, I don't believe Amazon would be valued near $1 trillion now or even like quarter of a trillion dollars a couple years back it would not be possible so i do not agree i definitely do not agree that investors on a whole as a community are short termists no that's not right but yes management has to set the tone of where the company is going many companies set very very short term targets and put themselves against it uh, up against it so i believe tesla can that's not a point that i can see that how that's a reason for tesla saying private or going private but That's not the reason it should go private, right? That's first. Second, need of capital. The need of capital is very important. I believe Tesla is still growing very fast and will need a capital raise in the future. Again, Elon Musk has said they will not need it. Many um, other much smarter than me people on investment horizon have said that they do feel they would definitely need going down the road, or at least if they want to keep maintaining this growth rate for years and years to come, they will need more capital. Again. Definitely, they can eat, uh, they can get capital when they're private, but the terms are not that good. Uh, it's much more easier to take advantage of the price swings and do a public offering if the stock price um, goes through a euphoria, and just to tap the markets is really good. So. I would definitely want a company like Tesla who's growing that fast and might need capital again soon to stay public rather than private. There's no point in going private. The whole point where people come public is because they want to raise capital or they can't have the option to stay and raise capital when they want. Point number three um, point number three let's talk about this marketing spend. Do you know how much marketing spend General Motors and Ford does um, I open it up and kept it somewhere. It's not in front of me, but it's in the range of four to six billion dollars a year, I think. I'll confirm this number again. But do you know how much marketing spend Tesla does? Zero. Zero dollars. There is no... Tesla doesn't do advertisements. It's the word of mouth. The brand is word of mouth. It just spreads like fire. You see a Tesla. You go crazy about Tesla. You try a Tesla. You go even more crazy about Tesla. You get a Tesla. And you tell friends you have a Tesla. And everybody takes that chain forward. Now, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, a big reason, of course the product itself sells, that's the reason, and that's, there are other reasons which are centered around the product, but one of the biggest reasons, in my opinion, is that the company is public. If the company stock is listed on the exchanges, it's in the news every single day. Every single day we're talking about whether it meets the targets or not. Every single day we're talking about Musk and he gets more followers on Twitter and he, for example, retweets more good reviews or th- there's a reason why the news story happens about like more hearing more about the good things about Tesla than the bad things about Tesla. And many times people hear the bad things about Tesla, the short thesis, and they go like, no, dude, I support that guy. I would go towards Tesla. I would buy that Tesla if I had enough money. So i believe staying public for example gives you a lot of limelight and if you're solving the mission of the humanity um humanity's existence the way you're doing like tesla it any limelight i believe in the long run is a positive limelight and you will find enough people supporting you so i would definitely say that the, the reason, one of the driving reasons why Tesla is a brand, it is, a, it is today, one of the reasons is because it's a, it is a public company. It is why people talk about it all the time. It is why it is under the scrutiny, and the scrutiny helps it further. So going private, we just take it off the radar like how Dill has been off the radar for some years. Again, Musk will always be in news, so there will still be a lot of news, but I don't think that's as good as being public. And... The fourth reason is liquidity. Um, This is my last reason because I think these are strong enough we would not want to list more and more. But I believe that entrepreneurs like Musk come once in every generation and everyone should ideally have. Like, this is not in terms of Tesla's benefit, but in terms of community, investment community's benefit, that they should all have a vehicle to invest and believe in the mission and take part in the benefit that comes out of it. And they should all have a lot of equity. Now, even though Musk says that they can roll over in a private company, um, that's not what kind of investor I am. For example, I like to be able to change my mind anytime I want to invest more, I when I want to take something off the table if the stock grows crazy. Um, I want more liquidity. I want more um, easy to be a vehicle of public investment. So that is from a personal selfish perspective that I believe that the investment community should have an option to uh, ride along Elon Musk in a more transactable market, equally giving options more to the Tesla employees to sell out when they want or buy more when they want or, you know, it's it's just better than running a private company. And I don't think the whole public scrutiny thing is as bad. You should welcome scrutiny if you're a company like Tesla, which is executing on so many good objectives, you'd be having the brand value only go up with that in the long run. So on the last one, here's where I stand. I believe Tesla should actually stay public because of the following reasons. Number one, it is not to blame on the street to be short termism management can set that tone just like Bezos has done at Amazon and still take the long-term vision and run with it. Number two and number three was more like that is the reason. Tesla being public is one of the reasons why the brand has become so popular and um, it should become popular more over time. And they should welcome public scrutiny and just shouldn't give a lot of guidance and let give the people a way of investing in musk's vision and that's how the company would be more of a mass success as the company goes into the next range of model 3 and making a mass market uh, car so that's my thing on that now concluding the whole episode um i give you the timeline of where and what things happened what i thought about the tweet, what i thought about tweet basically was concluding that i think it was a little bit premature but it wasn't entirely misplaced. Just if he just said funding almost secured, be no issue at all. The only reason we're talking about it is because there is no word "almost" in it, and that led to other things like the letter, which proved that they did not have a funding, like the New York Times Post, which doesn't put him in a good light and may have um, a role in taking him a little bit away from the execution. That those all are fears. I do not. So on the tweet, I feel it's a little bit premature, but led to all the things which are not good for Tesla investors if the Musk has to, or is told to step away a little bit from the active execution. Um, but at the same time, I do believe everyone who's talking bad about Musk or criticizing how he's not grown up as a person, should all reflect on their own persona and say how their shortcomings were and they have achieved in life, whether how much Musk has achieved and whether they're um, in the position to really critic every quirk that comes along with the personality of being Elon Musk. So let him be, um, definitely point out the mistakes he's done, but let him be. And finally, at the end of the episode, I said that Tesla could go private. They definitely could go private with the demand it has, with the thing it's doing, with how pretty set out and different it is from the whole industry. It does not have a lot of... um, lot of synonymous investing opportunities. So we could see Saudis, we could see a lot of big funds, a lot of retail investors who believe in Musk to go all in. And definitely it can go private, but I would end with saying that I do not think it should go private. I think it's a very good example of a company which is growing, which needs more capital, which needs more public demand, which needs more brand access to go to the Musk market as a company that should definitely stay public. So that was my episode. Thank you. I hope you listened and got something new to think about and if you like this episode definitely spread the word so this episode and this whole podcast on the whole does not sponsor any sponsorship or advertisements the only word the reason i do it is to get uh, the word out of what i believe in and if it can help you so if you liked it please leave a good review and do share it with your friends share it with your network and get the word out thank you so much and i'll see you soon bye